Good morning. It's Friday, the 27th of October 2023. You're listening to The Papers with me, Richie Allen. And in case you hear this later on, it's important that I tell you it's just before 8.30. It's just before 8.30am as I record this. I say that to you because the news is a moving feast, isn't it? It's um, in this era of 24-hour news channels, things happen. So you might think, Richie should have mentioned that. But it might have happened after I record this. So just before 8.30 Friday morning. What I'll do today is I'll take a very quick look at the front pages of the British newspapers and read the headlines for you. So the I, that's the I, the I goes with Tory turmoil as Blunt arrested over rape and drug claims. This is Crispin Blunt, Tory MP. He has said that he has been interviewed twice by the police over allegations that he raped and drugged somebody. Um, He says he is completely innocent and he is confident that the investigation into his activities will end without him being charged. Crispin Blunt, that's the I. The Sun goes with the same story. MP in rape and drugs arrest, that is the Sun. The Daily Mail senior Tory MP arrested over rape and drugs. The Guardian goes with Israel. It says Israel stages raid into Gaza as new phase of war begins. That is the Guardian. The Mirror has a terrible photograph on the front page of a child in Gaza covered in what looks to be dust. He was pulled out of a building that had been attacked by an Israeli airstrike and the kid has blood pouring down his face. It's awful. So the headline in the mirror today is Save Them. It is a story alleging an intervention by King Charles who's calling uh, for bloodshed to end on both sides. He's meeting with charities apparently. It's an awful photograph. As the Times leads with 200 Britons trapped in Gaza plead for help. That uh, is self-explanatory. The Metro uh, goes with end of the world is AI. And that references a speech given by Rishi Sunak, the Prime Minister in London yesterday, where he talked about a summit that will happen next month here in the UK to deal with fears and concerns about the development of AI. As the Daily Express goes with dementia cases to rise, but new drugs offer hope. The Daily Express reporting that research suggests that people living with dementia, the number of it, as the number of people living living with dementia in England and Wales will hit around 1.7 million by 2040, but that there are hopes that the condition will become more treatable by then. And the Financial Times goes with resilient consumer spending spurs US economy to 4.9% GDP growth. And finally, the Daily Star today for Friday the 27th of October goes with Grumpy Devils. There is a photograph of a devil. Grumpy Devils is the headline. What's it about? It is about the claims by an exorcist that grumpy people are not just having a bad day, but maybe, in fact, suffering from demonic possession. Isn't that very interesting? Daily Star today, Grumpy Devils is the headline. And it might be that grumpy people are not just having a rotten day or a shitty day, as we might say, but in fact, they might be suffering from demonic possession. Interesting. Let's look at one or two stories inside the papers today. And that is why we're here. This is The Papers with me, Richie Allen. 
which is a complimentary podcast to the Richie Allen radio show, which is a live radio show, which is then podcasted. So this is The Guardian. Inside The Guardian, British lawyers call on government to press for ceasefire in Gaza. The Guardian is claiming this to be an exclusive today. More than 250 British lawyers, including eminent KCs and professors of law, have called on the UK government to, to press for a ceasefire in Gaza, saying serious breaches of international law are being committed. Well, they are. The story goes on. The lawyers have written to the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, James Cleverly, the Foreign Secretary, and Grant Shapps, the Defence Secretary, setting out what is in effect legal advice regarding the Israel-Hamas war. It comes as political leaders are facing growing demands to call for a humanitarian ceasefire to allow essential aid for civilians to enter the Gaza Strip. The Deputy Prime Minister, Oliver Dowden, said yesterday that the government was pushing for pauses in the bombardment, but didn't support a wider ceasefire. Now, this story in The Guardian goes on to talk about Keir Starmer's problems, as many Labour MPs are pressing on him to stand up for the people of Gaza and to call for a ceasefire. Now, The Guardian reports the signatories to the open letter include Geoffrey Bindman KC, Andrew Hall KC, who, who formerly headed up the Criminal Bar Association, Theodore Huckle, former Council General for Wales, along with KC's partners and directors of law firms and professors of law. They say in their letter to the government that the government must take urgent steps to ensure it complies with its obligations under the Geneva Conventions not to encourage, to aid or assist violations of international humanitarian law by other states. The government should exert its influence to press for a ceasefire and for the immediate resumption of food, water, medical and fuel supplies to Gaza, their letter says. The lawyers also urge the government to stop the sale of arms to Israel, which may be used in the commission of serious violations of international humanitarian law. It's a 10-page letter. It also condemns the atrocity uh, atrocities committed by Hamas and acknowledges those were a series of uh, breaches of international law but the letter says the commission by one party to a conflict including an armed group of serious violations of international humanitarian law does not however justify their commission by another party. Interesting 250 lawyers senior legal minds writing to the government to say there has to be a ceasefire and the sale of arms to Israel must be suspended they talk about the sheer scale of loss of life and injury in Gaza. Interesting intervention, isn't it, by these lawyers? We'll see. Does anything come out of it? Let's move on to The Telegraph. The Telegraph um, has a couple of stories today about the shooting in Maine, which is a terrible thing, isn't it? The headline is, Maine shooting suspect. This is not the man we know. He would not hurt a flea. People are baffled by the bloodshed in America's worst mass gun killing of 2023 so far. This is the Telegraph, as I said. So the story goes, the horror is far from over for the 38,000 residents of Lewiston and the neighbouring towns as helicopters and hundreds of police were still scrambling on Thursday to hunt down murder suspect Robert Carr. Now this is why I told you, dear listener, that I record this just before 8.30 because something might develop, there might be a development today. Now he's 40 years old, he's an army reservist and according to the Telegraph had this summer been committed to a mental health facility. 
is still at large. Police have issued an arrest warrant on suspicion of eight counts of murder. The number of charges is likely to increase as more victims are identified. Mr Card, a trained firearms instructor, is understood to be a sergeant and a petroleum supply specialist in the US Army Reserve. This is curious, isn't it, my friend, dear listener? On Thursday, his neighbour said he had, quote, begged for help, end quote, begged for help, to have his guns removed from the house. This is not the Rob Card we knew, one neighbour told the Telegraph. He wouldn't hurt a flea. He grew up around here. He was a good kid. We're devastated. I do know he begged for help. They were supposed to come and remove his guns from the house, but they never did. All these lives are lost. Isn't it very curious? Was he on antipsychotic? Medication. The questions, eh? Resident Joan, not Joan, Resident John Collins, not Joan Collins, John Collins, 61, said someone at Mr. Card's home would practice shooting all the time for 20 to 30 minutes straight. I was telling my friend he must have a lot of money because ammunition is so expensive, he told the Telegraph. This didn't seem to bother him. He was shooting round after round. Amazing. This began, of course, just after, uh, or just before 7pm on Wednesday in Maine in, at the family's friendly, at the family-friendly bowling alley. Uh, a gunman, believed to be Card, in a brown-hooded jumper, pushed through the glass double doors and began shooting. So the Telegraph covering that today. We've heard this before over the years, haven't we? Dear listener, with, with neighbours and friends bewildered, absolutely bewildered. I can't believe this. This is not this guy. And then we find out he was being treated for mental health issues. Now we learn that he had begged the police to come and take his guns. Why didn't they? Maybe that will be revealed in due course. Maybe it won't be. Here's another story in the Telegraph you might find interesting. French youth will learn discipline at reform centres under military command, says Prime Minister. Now, the Prime Minister of France is Elizabeth Bourne, not to be confused with the President, Emmanuel Macron. She says delinquent French youth will be taught discipline. This is all about the, the riots and protests in France. They want to discourage youngsters from taking to the streets to protest things like the killing of young men by the police and other such things and the tyranny of lockdowns and other such things. They want to dissuade kids from taking to the pavements of Paris and the streets of other cities in the country. So delinquent French youth will be taught discipline under military command in specialist educational centres. That sounds really spooky, doesn't it? According to Elizabeth Bourne, she unveiled measures intended to prevent fresh riots after a summer of unrest. They're tyrants, these people. She said that rioters or minors who riot, um, will, their parents will be clamped down on. We will clamp down on the parents of them, she says. Parents who shirk their educational responsibilities would also have to go undergo parental responsibility courses. They're talking about re-education camps in France. If your kid is out on the street rioting, we might bring you in for a bit of re-education on how to parent your kids. All very sinister, what's going on in France. Yeah. So the Telegraph goes on to talk about the the riots in June after police shot dead 70-year-old Nahel Merzouk for allegedly refusing to stop his car during a check. We covered that on the Richie Allen Show. When it was at its worst, 45,000 police were deployed to cities right across France, with 2,000 people later sentenced to prison terms. So they have the answer. 
they will send the kids to centres where they will be taught under military command. They will bring the parents in for education on how to parent their kids and so on, so on, so on. That's in the Telegraph today. Yes. And finally, we'll stay with the Telegraph for a, mo- for a moment. BBC Radio 4 loses hundreds of thousands of listeners. I wonder why, dear listener. I wonder are people fed up to the back teeth. You like that? I like these old colloquialisms, these old sayings. I'm fed up to the back teeth with the BBC not giving us the full story on COVID, on vaccines, on everything, on Ukraine, on Israel. The BBC doesn't give us the full picture. That's what's happening, really, in my opinion, anyway. There is so much choice for people these days. You know, they, most people now are getting their information from their smartphones. Most people. Now, have I got a figure to back that up? No, I don't. But I do know, because I've read this in the broadsheets, that studies and surveys have been done. Increasingly, people are turning to their smartphone for their information. And because they're doing that, they're finding alternative sources of information. Okay, not just the independent media, but other. Mainstream, but less mainstream. Okay, think of people who used to work for the mainstream and now are out on their own doing their own podcasts and whatnot. And I think that maybe explains or goes some way to explaining why BBC Radio 4 and the Today Show is losing half a million listeners. I would imagine it's not just BBC Radio 4. I would imagine BBC Radio 2 and BBC Radio 5 Live is hemorrhaging listeners as well because people are fed up of being told the same old feckin' story. People know there's something wrong and they're looking for explanations elsewhere. Now, the Times, we, we mentioned the headlines, didn't we? The, the Daily Express has gone with a headline about dementia. The Times, I'm very interested in this today. Dementia to double by 2040, driven by poor lifestyles. Is it driven by poor lifestyles? We wonder. Let me read the first couple of paragraphs. The number of people with dementia in England and Wales is expected to almost double to 1.7 million by 2040. Rates in the population are rising much faster than previously thought in a trend linked to widening inequalities, obesity and unhealthy living. The number of future cases will be 42% higher than earlier forecasts had suggested, a study by University College London said, placing a considerably larger burden on NHS and social care. Will they have a vaccine for dementia? I bet you they will, really soon. But what's really causing dementia? Let me read another paragraph. Nearly 900,000 people are estimated to have dementia in England and Wales. But if trends continue, this could reach 1.2 million by 2030 and 1.7 million by 2040. The study published in the Lancet Public Health looked at data from people aged 50 to 80 living in England between 20, sorry, between 2002 and 2019. Now, between 2008 and 2016, dementia incidence increased by 25%. The study said that an epidemic of obesity and type 2 diabetes, both risk factors for dementia, may have contributed. Other possible factors um, include worsening, uh, sorry, other possible explanations, says The Lancet, include worsening risk factors in socially disadvantaged groups and improved survival for patients with strokes. So, I'm going to argue, even though I have no proof of this, so between 2008 and 2016, they say that um, dementia incidence increased by 25%. Now, at that, roughly around that time, 2008, I began to see 
I began to read mainstream newspaper stories about bee colony collapses. Do you remember reading those? And the bee colony collapses were being put down in some part to dementia in bees. Yes. And one of the things they were finding in bees was aluminium toxicity, remember? And this is being attributed to bee colony collapse. Now, I believe that there is a geoengineering programme. I believe it is self-evident. I believe our skies are being sprayed morning, noon and night with heavy metals. I really do believe this. I speak about it on the Richie Allen Show. And I wonder if such an increase in dementia in that eight-year period, 2008 to 2016, I wonder if the spraying in the atmosphere is in some way contributing to this. I wonder. I can't say it is for a fact because I don't know. But I wonder... They expect dementia to go up and up and up and up and up. Now, of course, I can't deny that maybe obesity, bad diet, bad lifestyle may play some part in it, of course. But I wonder, does the heavy metal spraying in our ionosphere have anything to do with it? Let's stay with the times. Boris Johnson and Dominic Cummings sent sexist WhatsApps. Says who? Well, says George Osborne, the former Chancellor of the Exchequer, who worked very closely with Boris Johnson, of course, in politics, and they went to school together, didn't they? Boris Johnson and his former adviser Dominic Cummins, Cummings sent disgusting and misogynistic WhatsApp messages that will be released by the COVID inquiry, George Osborne has claimed. On Tuesday, Cummings is due to give evidence at the public inquiry, while the former Prime Minister Boris Johnson is expected to give evidence next month. Osborne, the former Chancellor, said, I've got to be a little bit careful here, it's a judicial inquiry, but from what I understand, there are some pretty staggering things that have been said on those WhatsApp messages, not just by Johnson, but key advisers like Dominic Cummings. Really pretty disgusting language and misogynistic language, says Osborne. And I think if you didn't think very highly of that period of government, you're going to feel even less highly after you've heard these messages next week. Wow. Uh, Johnson and Cummings did not respond to requests for comment. The Times reports several embarrassing messages have already been released by the inquiry, including Simon Case, Cabinet Secretary, describing Johnson's wife Carrie as, quote, the real person in charge, end quote, and said the government looked like a, quote, terrible tragic joke, end quote, in one set of messages. Yeah. And the Times. Let's stay with the Times. What have we done today? We've done the Telegraph, the Times and the Guardian. I've not really done much of the tabloids today. This is the papers, by the way. It's a podcast. It's cheap and cheerful. Very little. Very little bells and whistles. Nothing. Just me chatting with you. Here's the headline in the Times today. Julia Hartley Brewer. UK sorry for calling presenter vaccine sceptic. The government has apologised to Talk TV presenter Julia Hartley Brewer for branding her a vaccine sceptic in a report that was shared with US counter-terrorism officials. Hartley Brewer, 55, who began... I, I thought the newspapers had stopped doing that because it was deemed to be ageist and when it was about a woman, misogynistic. The, the tabloids always did this. They gave you a paragraph and they might mention Sally Smith, 23... I thought they'd stop doing it, but anyway, they haven't. So, Hartley Brewer, 55, who began hosting a new afternoon show on the talk TV this month, said that it was very sinister of the government to monitor a journalist and share information with its US counterparts. It is sinister. 
She said, I am shocked that the British government spent time during a pandemic monitoring, attempting to censor and smearing a journalist who was simply trying to do her job by asking the right questions and challenging the prevailing orthodoxy, she said. Hartley Brewer was named in a vaccine hesitancy report from the Cabinet Office's Rapid Response Unit, which was tasked with combating COVID disinformation after she tweeted disparagingly in response to a newspaper article about a joint letter from the Health Secretary and Education Secretary. I remember this, dear listener. It was an article in The Telegraph in 2021 and the article covered a plea by the government two parents to get their children vaccinated. And the article quoted Sajid Javid and Nadim Zahawi. And Brewer tweeted this uh, with the words, no, 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 basically don't vaccinate your children. As a result, says the Times today, Hartley Brewer, who was vaccinated against COVID-19 and regularly spoke about the benefits on her show, was named as a known sceptic in a departmental report published that month. There you go. So that's it for the papers today. Cheap and cheerful, 21 minutes or thereabouts. Thank you for listening to the papers. It will be available to download only, to download only, around about, um, some, somewhere between 10 and 10.30am Monday to Friday. It has nothing to do with the Richie Allen radio show. It will not impact on that in any way. That continues Monday to Thursday at 5 o'clock UK time live and Sunday morning melodies every Sunday at 10am. So I might talk to you on Sunday. I hope I do. In the meantime, thanks for listening to this. Do share it widely if you can and have a fantastic weekend. Have a great weekend, my dearest listener. Bye now.